0: This is episode number 165 of the Rising Man podcast with Arya May. What is your superpower? Welcome back to the show, Rising Man family. Greetings to all of you out there, and thank you for joining me today. Jetty Azuma here, clocking in behind the mic, bringing you another powerful guest here on the show. Before we get into that, I wanna remind all of you men out there to go ahead and sign up for our three-day wilderness immersion. Yes, Elements is coming in hot. We are just over a month out, and the seats are starting to fill up. April 16th to 18th, we're gonna be out there scouring the land, a team of men wandering through the Wilderness, exploring our unknowns internally and externally, and just having an incredible time out there, learning some things about the wilderness and about ourselves at the same time, building team, building leadership, all the good stuff. So if you haven't heard about it yet, you want to go check it out and get signed up, go to risingman.org elements. Don't wait. Trust me. We're going to sell this one out really quick. So go grab your spot today. All right. My guest for today is R.E.M.A., Aria is an expert in transforming the lives and livelihoods of compassionate leaders. She gets to the root of blocks so that one's deepest life purpose can be experienced with serendipity and flow. Her clients include founders, authors, TED speakers, scientists, and creatives who believe together we can create a world where all life is honored. In this episode, Aria and I dropped in about the shifts we've noticed in people during the pandemic. It's certainly been an interesting year. We talked about more and more people taking risks and seeking their true desires during the shakeup we've experienced this past year in 2020. Aria dropped some wisdom on the natural powers and abilities we were born with and her thoughts on how we can help nurture these gifts in the younger generations and within ourselves. We discussed the fears and apprehensions which keep us from doing the things we naturally are called to do and the balance of listening to our instincts and connecting that voice to our logical brain. It's always a hard thing for me to do. Lastly, Arya spoke about breaking through material circumstances in order to live our lives the way we want to. Without further ado, Arya May. All right, Rising Man family, I have a very special guest joining me here today, all the way from the Midwest out in Michigan, Miss Aria May. So good to have you here this morning. How are you?
1: Thank you so much, Teddy. I'm really well. So happy to be here.
0: Yeah, likewise, I'm excited to drop into some of the wisdom and brilliance that you bring to the table. I feel like I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer before we jump in. (laughs) I've got this raspy old voice that I was explaining to you before we started supporting a circle of men in a primal scream release yesterday. So apologies for the presentation of my voice, but nonetheless, here we are. Aria, I know you do some really incredible work with lots of human beings dealing with the superpowers, and I just really love and appreciate your context and perspective on human potential. Before we jump into that, I'm going to put you on the spot right away. Here we go. You ready? Yes. All right. So what does it mean to be a man?
1: So I inquire my own inner man. I work with a part of myself, my masculine, all the beautiful archetype of masculine that I hold awareness of. I feel for me that it's a holding, like a real container that allows for the wild, fierce, feminine inside to be expressed. I love that part of myself and love that part of men and women around the world that can Mm -hmm. hold. There's such a need for that right now.
0: I agree. I love that you described it as the container, the vessel. Do you make a distinction between man and masculine?
1: I mean, there's like the biological piece of things for me There isn't like a huge distinction beyond that in the language that I use around it.
0: Yeah, it's been a really fascinating point of conversation ever since I started the podcast like three years ago, is just recognizing the differences between words like man and masculine and male. I've recently had a number of really interesting conversations, particularly with transgendered or gender curious people who identify as men. But when it comes to male and masculine, there's clearly a distinction to be made. So I'm always interested on everyone's perspective because I don't think there's an ultimate authority or the way that it is. And that's why I think it's so important, especially to ask women their perspective and understanding of what it means to be a man.
1: Yeah. And I have so much respect for folks that are on different gender journeys and having exploration in those realms. Like it's amazing for me at this time, I like to really embrace all the parts of myself, parts that are more queer than others and more expressed and curious than others. And the language around it, I think I'm not a very word-driven person. For me, a lot of my experience is in the body. Speaking of somatics, there's a lot in feeling like, what does a quality of a vibration feel like inside of myself? And then That's only true for me. I only know my experience. I think that's really important that everyone has their own truth in a way.
0: For me, without going down the rabbit hole, I think oftentimes there's too much emphasis placed on words. And also words are important because words are the vehicles that transmit our intentions and our beliefs. I'm always mindful to be very careful and deliberate with my words as much as I can be. Mm -hmm. But I also appreciate the contrast of, well, what does it feel like? Because how accurately can we really translate what we feel what's happening beneath our voice Mm -hmm. and how well is that actually ever captured by what we say i think there's some people who do that really well but i feel like there's always going to be a gap between my experience and how i articulate it with my words
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, and English as a language has quite a number of limitations in my experience. Yeah. And so one thing I've been playing with just personally in the realm of what prayer means for me at this time is working more with channeling song and seeing what light languages want to come through my heart in that way, express parts of myself that aren't able to be expressed through my native language.
0: Which is actually a really great segue because part of the lead up conversation you and I had was just our shared observations of humanity over the past year. We're coming up on a year that we've been in this global pandemic, global quarantine and isolation, severe drops in our normal social behaviors. And I know we talked about things that we're hearing and seeing from people that we work with people that we're in community with I'd love to hear your observations first what do you make of what is happening for humans on the planet right now especially the ones you're tapped into
1: there's so much happening right now as you know and mm-hmm. one thing that I've been in awareness of and tracking are just how different people's experiences are right now There's a real exploration, it seems, of duality, like a lot of fear and also an amazing amount of love. A lot of the folks that I've been working with are having experiences that could be described as like spiritual awakening or different spiritual gifts activating, coming online. And there's just a lot of energy moving right now, holding an intention. That's another thing. People really holding an intention to like wake up, to have a spiritual awakening, something that wasn't as prevalent in my work prior to this past year. And for some reason, this past year, that's been an intention for a lot of folks.
0: Yeah, I hear a lot of people and their experiences, similar to what you said, where it sounds like a lot of the excuses or the back doors that we have constructed for ourselves that keep us from doing what we love, from making music, from starting a business, from traveling the world. A lot of those went out the door with this sudden change at least in modern history and for our generation the first time that anything has ever impacted every human on the planet it's pretty powerful I mean there's 8 billion of us and all of us have experienced the ripples of this massive wave I see a lot of people who are no longer able to lean on the excuses and the reasons that they had before for not doing what they have always said that they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's propelled everybody into living their full dream and purpose, but it's certainly given people more of a clear window to look through and to see why am I actually not doing this and what's it going to take?
1: Right. Yeah. To really come into contact with the truth of it and Mm -hmm. how we're choosing to live our lives.
0: Yeah. So I know that one of the phrases that you use, which I love, because growing up, I loved X-Men and Marvel Comics and heroes. Maybe it's the boy in me. Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. the human in me that loves seeing somebody who has identified their gifts and abilities. Mm -hmm. I know you, you describe humans and people having superpowers. So can you just speak into that a little bit and to give some context to what that means for you?
1: I like to play. I like to have fun. And so I use the idea of superpowers because it's playful. And because I think having a bit of a language, a bit of an orientation around what are some of the things that oftentimes when we're little kids get shut down. Again, so many people I talked to describe being a small boy or girl, their journey was like growing up, and then something was happening that was peculiar. Something was happening for them that didn't fit into societal norms, and they were shut down. They were told it was just your imagination, you're making things up, this or that. Instead of embracing what was coming through. But just as an example, I know a lot of people can relate to that. When I look back on my childhood, there are different moments where I sort of see that. I'm curious if you have any memories like that when you were little.
0: I can honestly say that I didn't have any visions or dreams of leading men's circles <laughs> as a boy. You know, That was something that was not on my radar, not even until I was in my early to mid-20s. I'm actually really grateful for that question because it's giving me some clarity. I was always inspired by leaders and leadership. Mm -hmm. I still, to this day, my guilty pleasure is watching samurai movies and war movies Mm -hmm. where there's like a rallying of a people to go up against the cause. I've always been a rebel. I've always been Bob Marley, you know, revolutionary at heart. That's something that's been consistent with me since I was a child. And it's being expressed right now in a way that I could have never foreseen, (laughs) but it's very consistent too because it's something that was always beckoning my heart. And I think Mm -hmm. differently than it just impacts all of us because all of us appreciate seeing somebody powerfully embodying their vision Mm -hmm. and living their purpose, but there's something more to it for me. It was about uniting people and bringing people together. And I do think that that's a core part of the mission that I ultimately have taken on.
1: And so there's the qualities when we're little and we look up, you know, whether it's the samurai or the X-Men or whoever There's like qualities that others may embody that we admire, what would it mean to really activate those parts of ourselves and then use the power of that, the life force of that, those gifts to move our visions forward. And absolutely, I think we need people who can hold things like what you're holding with Rising Meow and I'm holding like these visions of like beauty, harmony, peace building the things, right? You're doing it with your community. We talked a little about community. How do we create what our visions are in this reality?
0: I think it has a lot to do with actualization of those gifts. And I'm a parent. I have a lot of attention on how I'm raising my kids. My son is five years old and I have plenty of memories from when I was four or five. So my awareness as a parent has shifted recently into appreciating that what we've said and what we've done and what we've modeled for him has always shaped him from the moment he was born. Mm. But what we say now and how we act now he's really retaining in a way that he'll be able to go back and access consciously Mm -hmm. as he moves forward and so i'm really mindful of the messages that i give my son and my daughter because i know what i was told and the direction i was led in Although I don't ever recall my parents shooting down my ideas of leading, it wasn't something that was supported. I was always funneled into a category that led to their version of success. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really widespread parenting tactic is... Imagining that we know better and that these inherent and innate gifts that our children come into the world with are great. It's awesome to capture them on video and share them with our friends on Instagram. But are we really nourishing and fostering what our kids come in with? Are we really taking the time to identify that and to water those seeds instead of discouraging them? I think a couple of generations ago, mm-hmm. it was widely discouraged for you to be anything but the accepted norms. Mm-hmm. And I'm sensing a shift happening there. Mm-hmm but it also needs to happen for those of us who are currently adults and parents to give ourselves that permission first so we can authentically model it for our kids and really encourage and inspire humans to actualize what you feel called to do with your life that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the interesting conversation, especially for a lot of guys who listen here. We talk about purpose and I mentioned this to you. Mm -hmm. For me, purpose and the way we talk about it has a masculine lens to it, right? It's very driven, it's very focused, it's singular, it's logic, it's strategy. Mm -hmm. When we're talking more about powers and the way that you speak to it, I think it's got a different flavor to it. I appreciate you bringing that in and I wonder how all of that lands for you.
1: Oh my gosh, I love it. It's so neat that you're in this moment as a father with your little ones to be able to have that conscious awareness of, you know, allowing the natural gifts to be and inevitably I think we all have a little one inside if we are an adult at this time who had something that we were really good at that got shut down along the way. And mm-hmm. so reclaiming or remembering actualization of those parts of self is really the theme. And because we are in a time and a place or in the U.S. Uh, of the purpose looking so masculine, for me, purpose and stepping into my life's work has very much been a very balanced journey. I feel my feminine just as strong as my masculine, my female just as strong as my male. And so there's certain gifts that I think could be considered more feminine that have maybe been a little bit on the down low culturally, societally, like intuition or vulnerability or compassion, like these different things that we can see leaders in the world right now that are embodying these qualities and using them and talking about them even publicly it's amazing and so i think we are shifting into something really profound to be able to work more with all the parts of ourselves the spiritual parts as well as the very physical parts
0: i'm interested in your approach to this because i know that often when i'm working with guys at some point in the conversation it'll arrive at Jetty, you know what I really want to do is I want to go and study and train to be a monk. And I really feel called to go and spend time in a mountain. And I want to do yoga trainings. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome. And they'll talk about how they're inclined to it and Mm -hmm. all the things that support that narrative that they want to live into. Mm -hmm. But then the resistances come up. I'm interested in what you encounter when you're in these conversations with people. They start talking about their gifts. Maybe they're just beginning to acknowledge it and give themselves permission to connect with those instincts that they have that want to come online. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest resistances that you hear from people?
1: There's definitely risks here. If we take historical context for what people who were considered to be like magical or have special abilities, which I don't think these are necessarily special things. I think these are kind of like our birthright and when we're open to be able to connect with the world in this way but because of perhaps our ancestors have experienced no matter where in the world we're from there's a lot there it can be heavy for sure and so choosing to be seen you know whether it's having an open channel and connecting with non-human energies or beings or if it's playing with time differently and really getting into to time bending and mastering different relationships that isn't necessarily subscribing to linear time. I mean, these are like out there ideas. And so the resistance, it becomes internalized, certainly, but it often ends up looking like fear of what others will think and <laughs> what would it mean to be seen as someone who is out there. But the fact of the matter, like my experience, and I know I have a particular sorts of folks that I'm interacting with, but there's a lot of people that are having these things happen that they think they're totally alone in these experiences. (laughs) And it's just like, not true.
0: That's definitely one of the resistances I encounter too. And I've encountered it myself, so I can empathize and understand it. What will people think? I think for a lot of us, it's what will my parents think? Whether your parents are still alive or in your life or not, Mm -hmm. there's this underlying, will my parents approve of me? Will my elders approve of me? Will my superiors, all the people I've given authority to, will they accept this way? Mm -hmm. Logically, it's connected to majority of life, I gave authority to my parents and others to tell me because I trusted their counsel and their guidance. And that's natural. But there's this reclamation that is part, in my opinion, of adulthood across the board, manhood, womanhood, otherhood, that we need to claim that responsibility to dictate our story back from anyone that we gave that to or anyone who had that from when we were born. Yeah, the conversation around authority and what will people think? it's a very interesting thing to look at because we get to choose where we put our attention. I can put my attention on the people who have a contrary opinion or who are going to challenge what I'm interested in, what I'm passionate about. I can also put my attention on all the other people who are going to be in support of what I want to bring into the world. And I think that's where the power and the choice is in that. What's your opinion on it?
1: I think there's a line between honoring where we've come from and the people that we love and also being aligned with our truth, showing up for whatever we showed up here to create. That's different for different people.
0: Well, I think that's an important one. And it's part of the journey, too. Mm -hmm. I know for me, it strengthened my resolution to do what I do to be in that process of recognizing how much I was looking for approval and validation from others and getting to a place where that wasn't what was most important to me anymore. I know another big resistance for people because there's the practical, logical nature of this exploration is how am I going to finance my life, especially when you're carving out an entirely new or unique career path or way of providing for yourself, way of being of service and bringing value. Mm -hmm. Is that something else that you encounter? And what do you share with people who have that challenge?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I work with a fair number of folks who keep their day job. and are just happy with that. Just weaving into their leadership, these different skills, you know, their own connection, their spiritual authority in whatever way fits for them. So I find that really beautiful that some folks just integrate. And then for others, it's definitely like, oh, wow, everything in my life needs to change. (laughs) And how is this going to happen? There can be huge initiations that happen around money and the relationship with flow, with receiving. I know I've been through my own with that, with setting out on this path. It's a beautiful thing, I think, and honoring of the body with how fast we choose to create those initiations for ourselves, right? If you're really jumping off a cliff, make sure you're ready. For some folks, there's a high tolerance for risk and for others, they need to go a lot slower and that's okay.
0: I really appreciate you saying that. And I'm glad to know that there's a lot of people you work with who have found that happy balance between their day job. And the way that they provide for themselves and their families and their passion, Mm -hmm. their purpose, if they choose to put that word on it, because I'll go back to the superhero reference because I love it. You think of Superman, he was always Clark Kent also, and Batman was always Bruce Wayne. And some of that is because they wanted to hide their identity, which that's not what we're talking about here. But Spider-Man was working a day job at the newspaper press. And, you know, these guys, they had another thing going on. And then they were moonlighting as superheroes, tapping into the powers that really felt like their genuine expression. We could probably go really deeply into the archetypes of that and the hidden nature, the battle that all of those characters have with being able to express themselves truthfully and honestly, and then contending with feeling hidden. Mm -hmm. But I think the part that's important is this is where I came from as well. It wasn't even until eight months ago that I started doing what I do now full time. I was still part time as a physical therapist and mm-hmm. the transition for me was longer than I was comfortable with and mm-hmm. it took me longer to get into the work I really felt called to do, but I knew that I needed to make that full transition. And that's what it was for me. There was many days, many weeks, months, years even, where I was contending with this draw to what my heart was telling me. Mm -hmm. And this other side of me that was battling with, well, this is the best way I can enable that future now.
1: Mm -hmm. And Mm
0: -hmm. it really took a long time for me to shift that narrative for myself and finally come to peace and terms with it. But like you said, I also saw an opportunity to weave my gifts in the moment into what I was already doing. So I wasn't just going and being a very mechanical textbook physical therapist. I was asking people how they felt. Yeah, I was having conversations about life with people while I was massaging their hamstrings and taking them <laughs> through exercises. And so I just want to speak to that. I want people to know that that's also available. Like you said, it's not black or white. It's not swinging from one spectrum all the way to the other.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I totally had my side gig while I was getting rolling with my work full-time as well. And and to go back to the superheroes, you know, the ways that those stories show them kind of weaving in and out. I do play with the idea of shape-shifting, which I think Mm -hmm. has definitely a shadow element to it. It can be done in like manipulative and weird and unhealthy ways that, you know, hiding ourselves and that sort of thing. And it can also be, I think, really helpful at times to be able to wear those different archetypes, as I heard on the beautiful archetype episode recently, right? You're the warrior, the one minute, then you're moving into lover, holding the king down. And that's, I think, so invaluable to know those parts of ourselves and be able to step in when we need to access something in a moment.
0: Thank you. Yeah, and celebrating you too for figuring that out for yourself. I think that's where we all get to carve out our unique journeys. If there's anything I could say to encourage anybody who's listening, it's that if there is something that is relentless inside of you something that will not let you rest until it's addressed and acknowledged then permission for you to acknowledge it and at the very minimum yourself permission to explore that it doesn't have to be abandoning everything else that you already have laid roots into the ground with but to explore it so that you don't have to wonder Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. it's part of my nature i just wouldn't have been able to rest if i put this thing down and just never scratched the itch sometimes i think you'll explore it and you'll find out that that's not what it was Mm -hmm. but at the very least you'll know more about yourself which a greater lens of the whole journey is knowing ourselves and honoring who we really are and deciding who we really are and figuring out then how to bring that more to the surface, more to our everyday, every moment experience.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. To remember that we can play whatever game we want to play and, and create our own games. And in that process, I know certainly the games that I've been playing, like with my purpose, with my visions in the world, they shift. How things look now are super different from five years ago. It's a beautiful thing to tap into that flow with, okay, who am I now? What wants to happen now that wouldn't have even allowed myself to imagine a couple years ago?
0: Sure. And the power of the human imagination, if we can imagine it, then we can create it. If there's anything that the past 20 or 30 years have taught us, it's that we are on a daily basis, it seems we are defying the truth of yesterday Mm -hmm. with what we're creating today. Humans all over the place are doing it in every domain of human existence. Now it's remarkable. It's incredible. It's inspiring. And I think if you can imagine it, then all it takes is just the creativity to come up with a solution on how you get there and being consistently creative at every obstacle, every hurdle, every twist in the road without giving up on it, without letting that overcome you because to live an alternative life, to have a alternative mission that you adopt and embrace and engage with means that you're going to encounter unique and in some cases, never before seen challenges, Mm -hmm. that there won't be a manual or a YouTube video that teaches you how to overcome it. There's like a resilience that we all need to cultivate that doesn't prepare us for something specific, but on a more general level prepares us for everything. Like you said, somatically, just being able to stand in the face of an unforeseen adversity that we couldn't have seen coming mm-hmm. and be ready for it. Know that we can take it.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, that's the other side of it too, right? Is if I could have seen what challenges I was going to face a couple of years ago, <laughs> would I have taken the first step? But right. the fact was, is that I was strong enough to face those things when they came and learn the lessons that I needed to learn at that time. And so anything, literally, I think about this sometimes I look around the world, whether it's like beautiful architecture, or art, or hearing music, whatever it is, like somebody imagined this before it came into form. And I really want to emphasize that point that you made about imagination, because it's so true. Like, Free the imagination so that we can get on with it. Like, there are beautiful ideas waiting to happen. It's like holding little seed and you don't know what it is yet. But if you give it, you know, that little bit of care and curiosity and a little bit of nurturing, and then it starts to sprout and you start to see what it is. And for me, that's like one of the most exciting parts of being here in this experience is like the wonder at what wants to come through. And yes, the challenge of it, but how big can I let myself imagine?
0: That makes me think of a topic. I'm interested to get your perspective on this because words like abundance and the laws of abundance and the laws of attraction are something that I hear a lot more people speaking about these days. And let's just say the contrarians out there look at something like that and will say, well, that's just a reflection of privilege that some people have been born into. And there's a part of that that I agree with. If we sit back with our wishes and dreams and subscribe to, this is just gonna happen for me because I believe in it and I intend for it and I wish it to be, that's actually not a very powerful position to be in. But then there's the other side that my spiritual reference for life, the part that I can't account for, the part that's beyond my control, that intention and prayer and deliberate, focus also feeds into how at least i know for myself how i've been able to create what i've created in my life Mm -hmm. i'm interested in your perspective on that because i know there's a lot of people who put something out there and then to believe that it's just gonna come because i'm believing in it and not acting upon it i think are missing an important ingredient in that formula
1: yeah gosh, I could talk about this probably with you for a week but abundance, right There was a time in my life when I remember literally giving somebody my last hundred dollars <laughs> for some help. and in that moment, there was so much joy in my body. I actually found so much freedom in like what began a journey of actually going into debt. but in that moment of just a surrender to it, For me, I needed to have that experience. That was a really important part in my journey with money. I grew up in poverty by American standards. I mean, compared to most of the world, wasn't really poverty, but tapping in or visualization as you describe it, right? Like kind of that game of, oh, just believe it sort of thing. But that to me is really ungrounded and might work for some people, (laughs) right? But for other folks, I think that there can be other paths and lessons that are available around this piece. At this time, you know, having like gone through that experience and then coming through to like paying off the debt and becoming financially stable, And I talk about big visions, like, yeah, I want to create different things in the world that money would make it easier, certainly. So I'm calling in, you know, more financial resource. But it's not about the resource. It's about the things that are like the gifts I want to give to the world. And I love money. It's a beautiful energy to work with. But it's not about that at the end of the day. And I think that that's where a lot of confusion happens through people too. What do you think on this one?
0: (laughs) I always reflect on my own experience because I think that I'm not very unique. I think a lot of people will experience something similar at least. And I remember at one point I was putting it that when I have the money, I'll be able to,
1: Mm.
0: probably from somebody who shared this with me or reflected it to me, I flipped it. I get to do this and figure out everything else from there. Yeah. I turned it into a game of how can I enable myself to give my gift instead of just expecting that because I have a gift to give, the world is going to conspire for me to just do it easily. Mm. The latter is the story that I was holding on to for a long time. Can't the world just see that I have something powerful to give? Can't the world just conspire to support me? You know, that whole story of why is it so hard? But then flipping it around and saying, you know what, I'm going to take matters into my own hands because I believe in my gift that much. I care about my gift that much. Mm-hmm. I want to illustrate my commitment to my purpose by my actions because if i'm not willing to commit to figuring this out then how could i expect anybody else to and it was like as soon as i did that it became another obstacle for me to find a solution for it gave me that power back Not just creativity, but finding some of the fun and the joy in it again, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's such a burden. It's a slog. It's slaving away. And a lot of anxiety that I've experienced in the past, a lot of fear, a lot of what am I going to do that didn't necessarily go away, but transformed into something else. Once I said, hey, this is just another game. This is the same game that I've been playing all along, except I'm going to choose how I play it. I don't expect that anybody's just going to hear that and magically transformed and suddenly get it. But I just really want to express that because it's genuinely how I felt. It's genuinely what I had to go through and what I've also seen so many other people go through. This is not just... Jetty's story. I think it's a generational story Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. many of us, not all of us, but many of us who are doing exactly what you said, who are sitting here for the past year at home, probably laid off, probably on unemployment, seeing opportunities show up and asking ourselves, am I really going to take the leap now? Am I really going to do that thing I said I was always going to do? Am I really going to jump outside of my comfort zone and take on the kind of journey that Arya and Jetty are talking about?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I
0: just want to inspire those people who are really ready to do that to yes. go for it, figure it out.
1: You're worthy of whatever you imagine creating it. And, you know, this conversation about money too, I like the idea of like right livelihood like stewarding our resources in a way that's creating more goodness in the world. And so the energy of money often will compare it to the energy of love, you know, in its pure form, right? Because money can be used as, you know, terrible things. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of shadow there, (laughs) but it can also create some really amazing things. And so is there an end to love? In my experience, it's totally... Totally infinite. Now, granted, that's not exactly true with money, right? Like there is limited cash on the planet. But just to kind of tap in, like, what if money was a form of love? that could be, you know, with that right intention, with that vision of doing our good work in the world, not in like a grandiose shadowy way where we're needing to own everyone and everything and all that, but just in like a love centered way to really be in our hearts as we're relating to that energy.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for everything that you shared today. And this is a really powerful dialogue. I enjoyed it so much. And I could tell that you and I can go on for quite some time, but needless to say, we must bring things to a close, at least for this chapter. So let me ask you a few rapid fire questions. So what about you, favorite hero, superhero character?
1: So right now who's coming forward is the Hulk next to Pippi Longstocking, which definitely doesn't count as a superhero, but I just love her and she's coming up. So, and I like the (laughs) contrast of the two right now, feels really fun.
0: So tell me why the Hulk?
1: I love anger. Like as an energy of that power, that life force, right? Again, just like money can be used for really weird things that aren't great and for really beautiful things. And so tapping into that Hulk vibe of just like pure, raw power.
0: (laughs) I like that. That's like another conversation we can have someday. Awesome. Cool. Hulk and Pippi Longstocking. That would be quite a superhero tandem. Okay, cool. So what's one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18?
1: (sighs) To love myself. just like really unconditionally love myself.
0: Nice. And if there was one message you had for all the men out there right now, what would you say?
1: Connect with your heart, live in your heart, reside, embody your heart.
0: Okay. And last but not least, Miss Aria, tell everybody where we can find you, follow you, get to work with you. Where do you want people to go?
1: Sure. Thanks, Shadi. So I work with conscious leaders on developing their spiritual gifts, also known as superpowers. And so you can learn more about that. I have my website, ariamae.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. I have a really beautiful sovereignty ritual that's available as a free download on my website. So I invite anyone who's wanting to work more with sovereignty and the energy of lion. And there's some beautiful artwork from some friends of mine within there. shout out to them there on Instagram. And yeah, I invite folks to weave that way if they're interested. I run the School of Ambrosial Animals is my, my group offering right now as well.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll make sure we link all of those things. And for just the folks who are listening, Aria Mae, M-A-E, correct? You got .com. Beautiful. Well, Aria, it was so nice to drop in with you in this way. It's been a long time since you and I have directly connected. So just catching up on the latest and greatest that you are contriving and putting out to the world was a gift. And I just thank you for everything that you are and everything that you're bringing to the world.
1: Thank you so much, Shadi. You as well. Keep it up.
0: <laughs> Will do. All right, fam, before you go too far, make sure you go to risingman.org to check out all the amazing opportunities we have coming up for you to get more involved, including joining us for our three-day wilderness immersion called Elements on April 16th to 18th here in Mendocino, California. Go check it out today. While you're at it, subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to this so you get notifications each and every week we drop an episode. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement and on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. Big ups to my power squad, Kyle, Mark, Ryan, Rowan, Sean, and Julian, and everybody else out there. Big love to all of you guys. Hope you're doing well. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny. Destiny.